Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, guys, this is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. Today, we're going to have Lofa Tatupu on. He's a former All-Pro, Pro Bowl linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. He also podcasts on the Take 12 podcast on Believe Network. We're really excited to have him. Before we dive into that, though, Cam, we're also really excited to talk about underdog fantasy per usual. So uh, <laughs> tell our, uh, our loyal listeners uh, how they can get involved in that. Shout out to the loyal listeners. You can start playing Pick'em or Weekly Fantasy for any sport today. Not tomorrow, Jake, but today. Users will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use promo code BELIEVINRAMS at sign up. Start playing Pick'em and Weekly Fantasy football today with Underdog Fantasy underdog fantasy that is right um all sports all sports yeah. i mean not everybody can get into the college stuff it's depending on where you're located as for me i can't do any college any of it any of the college pickums but you might be able to college basketball is right around the corner it's actually right here so uh if you're into that there you go um but also if you're into uh betting bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs this season get the latest odds lines and match reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting options and your favorite casino and car games available to play right from your phone Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So Cam, uh, that's going to do it. We are going to go right into our interview uh, with Lofa and get you guys ready for the Rams-Seahawks game. Let's go. What better way to do that than uh, to give you guys a little preview and stick around long enough, you'll hear a score prediction. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back, folks. This is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Allenbogen. Joining me as always is my co-host, Cam Lynch. And uh, we have a very special guest, former Seahawks star linebacker, also uh, co-host of the Take 12 podcast on the Believe Network, Lofa Tatupu. How you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me, fellas. Absolutely, yeah. man. More linebackers on the show, Jake. Gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the linebacker podcast. I, I see you guys. I see you guys. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, these two teams kind of, you know, different directions they've been going in. Although it's weird because, you know, week one, the Rams start off with a 17 uh, point win against Seattle on the road. Um, but things have just not really gone the Rams way late in games and Seattle's gotten it done. And that's kind of the, the difference there um, going into this one. And this is massive for both teams, I think, because the Rams are, they, they still have life. I mean, three and six, there's eight games left to go. Seattle's in a really good spot because, you know, you still have a division shot right there. If you <laughs> figure things out, I mean, 49ers lost three straight. Let's not forget about that. So, um, you know, really fascinating stuff. But let's start off with the three keys to victory. I'm going to start with you, uh, Lofa, for the Seahawks in this one. Three keys to victory. Okay. We need to get some turnovers on defense. That really, we've been a solid group in limiting points. Um, you know, I, I chalk up that one game against the Ravens as, you know, just an anomaly that we were just not ourselves that game. Um but the turnovers, like in the games that we do get them, it, it's been significant, and we've won by a possession or two 
rather than coming down to the last minute or a field goal kick like last game. So turnovers are key, as they always are. That's a big, you know, indicator of who's going to come out on top. We got to find something in the run game because we got two stud running backs. I know our line's been a little depleted. There's been probably the most combination of offensive linemen mixed in and out um, over the season in front of Geno. So that's what's been tough. But, you know, I thought we were really going to try to attack the edges. Washington's tough. They got rid of Young and Sweat, and so I thought that was a vulnerable spot. But it seemed like we had our most success up the middle with Charbonnet, and then Walker bounced a couple outside. So get the run game going. And then this short passing game, it's kind of tough. It's a double-edged sword because if that's what you're, you're taking, what they give you, but there's been a lot of times when they pan out and they show the end zone copy of the game, there's they're blanketed. DK, Lockett, every, they are covered and matched, like so there's nowhere to go with the ball. But we used a lot of quick screens. I think that's big. If you can't get the run game generated right away, just pick it up and throw it out there and get four or five. That's kind of a way to manufacture a run game. So if we can get those things done, that, that'll be the key to victory. Yeah, and Lofa, really quick, I want to discuss, you mentioned takeaways. You, you and I both play linebacker, and I'm always talking about it. The takeaway margin is going to ter- determine who wins this football game. Of course, who scores the most points. But talk about Devon Weatherspoon, right? Just the addition he has been to this football team. I know he had a great takeaway on Sam Howell last week, which was awesome. He has so many pass deflections. Can you kind of tap into that and what he's been able to bring to this football team? Tim, it's unheard of for a rookie to come in and do what he's done at the cornerback spot, you know? I mean, yeah, Sauce had a great year last year. I thought Woolen, you know, had a better year. Maybe that's just the Seahawk in me. But um, the way this kid's going about getting – whether it's an interception for a touchdown like he did against the Giants or he loves the big hit and we see him footballs flying loose. But that effort he showed against Sam Howell, I know it scared a lot of people because – Sam was carrying him for about 10 yards. And like it was just like, okay, get him down. But the the turnover machine in me was saying, rip that ball. And that's what he was doing. And he yeah, got yeah. it out. And I mean, it's it just kills all momentum that an offense has. And then it just gives more opportunity to the offense to get those points. So um, yeah, even when I look back, you know, in the day when I was playing, I would much rather have a five to seven tackle game with two forced turnovers than a 15, 20 tackle game. And yeah, tackles are great. I mean, big hits are great. And tackles are yeah. tackles. I really, unless they're within three yards of the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, I don't quantify them as, you know, a good tackle. And they, because you got to keep them behind the sticks. So mm-hmm. when I see guys with 20 and 25 tackles, that's great. That's a great effort. But I wonder how many more could they, or how, how much more impact could they have had if, they shot the gap and went for the tackle for loss instead of the tackle seven, eight yards downfield. Agreed. Agreed. And Jake, I'm, I'm passing my to you in a minute, but I want to kind of speak about just the Rams keys to victory, right? And how we're going to get things done. Uh, we talked about Devon Weatherspoon. Okay. Matthew, now that you're healthy, watch out for that young man. That's, that's number one. Just keep an eye on him. I think that's really, really important. But then you also talked about that short passing game, right? Geno Smith taking what the defense gives him. Um, he's been in the league for a little bit, a little while now. So, you know, he's seen the Tom Brady's not always going for that deep shot, but just taking what, you, what what's given. I think that's really important. But can you just discuss the the receivers that the Seahawks have? We call it the Ram Killers, right? Uh, you got some Ram Killers over there. So can you just speak about what they bring to the game of football and with JSN now there, um, the, the how explosive they are now? Can you discuss that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Lockett is old faithful. I mean, and 
and, and yes, he's a little older now, so pun intended, but just the plays that he makes down in and down out and, you know, getting both feet in bounds on there was a 15-yard out that it looks so routine that I think a lot of the fans have taken it for granted. But that is a hard catch for all receivers, but he makes it look routine. Um, he can run any route. He still has the speed to get past you if we choose to air it out. Um, but that's what he brings to the game, and it's just that veteran leadership. Uh, Metcalf, the guy's the size of a defense end. I, <laughs> 6'3", 240. Um, he's, he's got, he can run every route. I mean, the ones he's most successful at is like, I say, just give him the jump ball, but we're starting to see them mix in more of the slants and just get to him right away and see who wants to tackle, who wants to put the big boy pads on and mess with the 240 pound receiver. Um, JSN been a great addition. He's, uh, probably one of the best since Lockett that I've seen spatial awareness. He knows how to attack zones. He, he can run away from you in man. So it's just a tough matchup for anybody. And for him to, you know, be at this level this early, that's why they took him in the first round. A guy that you haven't heard about, Jake Bobo. You might know about him because he went to UCLA, right? Yeah. Uh, 4940, but don't let it fool you. He knows how to find the blind spots when he's attacking a DB's leverage, and they'll seemingly just lose him. And next thing you know, he's got five yards of separation. And I think, you know, Gino's – he's gone to him a couple times in clutch situations. I think that's – you really – a guy that's 6'6 presents problems for, for any DB, unless you're Tariq Woolen size, you know, or, or Richard Sherman in the Legion of Boom. That, right. That's a problem. So, um, you know, that's a guy that I think will start to get more and more looks as we go along. But it's, a, it's an amazing group. And then we got – uh, three phenomenal tight ends, uh, Disley, Parkinson, and Noah Fant. Every time Noah Fant touches the ball, he's a threat to go. I mean, the guy's got speed on top of speed. Mm -hmm. Taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think Jake Bobo is the one that stands out to me the most because, you know, he's found a way to get behind the defense a, a few times. He has two touchdowns on the season. Um, you know, they've one of them came in a really clutch spot. Um, you know, he's been reliable for them. And I think that's that's really big when you get a late round wide receiver step up because we're seeing it with what Puka Nakua has done with the Rams. Um, you just you can't you can't ever, you know, take that for granted because you're getting those guys and mainly those guys are, you know, coming on to the roster like, OK, the expectation is we like you. We believe you have talent. And, you know, down the road, you could emerge into our wide receiver room with hard work like an Adam Thielen did with the Vikings. But for the most part, you're here for to play special teams. And that's that's really the thing. So to see a guy like Bobo kind of put himself into, you know, that rotation now um, and well, get the experience and, and the the trust from Gino, I, I think is huge. That's the wild part is. All camp, he was running with the twos and threes. He wasn't getting the opportunity to get in there with Gino much, you know? So yeah. I think it's only – the connections only get stronger as he gains his trust, and, and he did. Two two targets, two catches last week. Um, he's just consistent. And I think that's really what a quarterback needs to see is that, hey, and the catch radius. At 6'6 six, six with those arms, like, you could throw it anywhere, and he's going to go get it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think looking at, you know, the Seahawks keys to to victory, I think you got to give the ball to Kenneth Walker. Um, watching the first game, I, I don't know why Seattle stopped running the ball. I'm sure you're probably in the same boat there because I know the game gets away from them, but guys averaging almost six yards per carry on 12 carries. And I think I saw a stat uh, during the, um, you know, the broadcast this week against Washington. And it was like, they're undefeated when they give him like 16 carries or something. And when they don't give him at least 16 carries, they have like one <laughs> win. And I'm just sitting there like it's Kenneth Walker, just feed the man. You know what I'm saying? Cause he can help you in the passing game. You know, he can help you, you know, in the run game and, you know, he has a lot of speed, but he also is very strong. And I think that's something the contact balance is there. And just the way this Rams defense been has been a mixed bag with tackling. They've really done a nice job. A lot of people were like, this defense is going to be bottom of the league. And I think Raheem Morris has done a great job with them, but there's still some of that, you know, youth and, and Cam knows where I'm going with this because there's a lot of missed tackles. And I think you have a guy, you know, in Kenneth Walker that can generate those missed tackles. And, um, you know, I think he's one of the biggest keys uh, to victory for Seattle this weekend. Yeah. Kenneth has been amazing. Um, a threat to score every time he touches it. He clocked in at almost 21 miles an hour on that 64 yard check down. He took to the house and, it, and that, that's the beauty of it. And I think Gino's starting to realize that is like, Hey, if it's not there downfield, just check it down. And, and you know, we're just trying to survive the down and it goes 64 yards for a touchdown. And <laughs> so yeah. I think the, the limited touches have been confusing early on. I know in the Rams game, the first matchup, we lost both of our tackles and the run game was really not there in the second half. And then when you fall behind, like we did, I don't know, would you have like 20 unanswered points? Like then it's like, we got to play catch up and we're not really designed to play from behind. So we have to get out to an early start. You can add that to a fourth key of victory. <laughs> if you want. But, um, but yeah, K9, he's special in what he could do and sharpen it, man. He's, you guys are familiar with him too. Yeah. He is a beast. That's what I want to talk about. I know he's a UCLA guy. I know you're a USC guy, but can you just talk about what he brings to the game? I mean, I was telling Jake, preseason, I mean, you know, you all the Seahawks, we're the Rams, but for me playing, if I were to play linebacker and I were to go against a guy like Charbonnet, I'm going to tell my DBs, hey, guys, make sure you go low because he's looking to run people run people over. And so can you just talk about the, the physicality he plays with and what he brings to the game? I loved facing running backs like that because you knew there was no jukes. I mean, and he has the speed and the moves to do it, but he runs behind his pads, low pad level, and he's you know he's bringing it. So, like, yeah. that's why I love going against those guys. Now, DBs, they might have mixed feelings about that. And so <laughs> the biggest thing is just having a plan of attack. We used to talk about when I coached with the Hawks in 15 and 16, there would be guys, you know, similar to like our running back, Marshawn Lynch at the time. If you don't go in there with a plan, you're going to get embarrassed, whether he yeah. jukes you or runs you over. But, and, you know, uh, Charbonnet, had, he has that same kind of mindset is I'm running. He runs like he's a defensive player and where it's just attack. And yeah. so you know, Pete, Pete, he loves that style of running. Uh, that's why he traded for Marshawn back in 2010. And so when you get a couple of guys like that, because Walker's tough too, not as big as Charbonnet, but Charbonnet could do it all. He's a threat out of the backfield as a receiver too. So uh, it's a great combination they have with those two guys. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And, and boy, Mafe, uh, he's got a sack in seven straight games. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything like that. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm not looking in the right direction, but I, I don't know. Lofa, when I saw, you know, he got that sack on Howell and I'm like, wait, he got one the week before and the week before that. And I started thinking, I'm like, 
it's got to be like every game. And then sure enough, the graphic comes out. He's had a sack in seven straight games. And I'm like, man, you know, this was one of those picks that I think some people were like, eh, like, is this going to work out? And I actually thought it was. And I actually really liked him coming out of Minnesota because of his run defense. But yes. I mean, the guy's become a really good pass rusher. So obviously, you know, he could play the run, but now, you know, he can rush the passer and he's becoming really good right before our eyes. He's put it all together. This is the biggest jump we've seen from year one to year two. Um, there were some eyebrows raised when we made the pick uh, because he, he actually, he's 6'4", probably 250, 260-ish, but you can't run to his side. And it and, and looks like, and like Washington last week, they started just checking away, checking opposite, because um, he is. He's a stone wall, and he's got great get-off. I believe he's like a four or five guy. But you didn't see that twitch or that that bend when when you put on the Minnesota tape coming out of college. So that's what kind of left us scratching our heads. But the biggest jump, he's the outright owner of the consecutive sack streak now, and hopefully he furthers that this week. I know you guys don't want to hear that, but uh, – <laughs> But you know, conclusion. <laughs> we don't know where the ceiling is for this guy because the wildest part is three other games, he should have had two sacks. One got called back. One, um, I think he hit the guy in the head, and so they threw the flag. And it was like a, a, a barely touched him. And like, oh, so an Aaron points. Donald one where, you know, he <laughs> hits him too well, hard on tap of Aaron Donald's finger can knock somebody out. So yeah. you know, I'm not here to exaggerate myths of his strength, but I, <laughs> I've seen it. So, yeah. Um, it, it's wild to know that he could be sitting around 10, 11 sacks right now, just off of the last, you know, uh, eight, seven games. And so I said, when I saw him start to go on the streak and how he was beating guys, it wasn't just one move. He had several different, you know, the speed, the counter off of it, the, the the one arm, long arm, he's putting it all together and he knows what he's doing. So now I think we're just seeing he has a plan of attack and, and he's implementing it. Could be a 14 to 16 sack guy a season going wow. forward. Because, oh man, they're, they're, you're going to have to chip him. You're going to have to, because yeah. he, he's causing people headaches. And Lofa, really quick, I just want to jump in on this one. On, on the opposite end of that, right, I know the Washington football team had some success where they were attacking some of those defensive ends in those three-by-one sets, right, where the defensive end has the peel on the back or the linebacker does, and there was some miscommunication. So as a linebacker, I want to talk to you specifically about this, right? Will, do you think the Rams will attack that situation because there were about two explosive plays against against those linebackers and defensive ends on those those wheel routes. So I'm curious how, how you think the Seahawks will defend that this week. It was literally the perfect storm two times, and yeah, deja yeah. vu. You go back and watch it. We're bringing a nickel pressure. It was Jamal Adams the first time. Second time, it was Spoon. And Hal recognized it. He escaped to his left. And Robinson, just very alertly, was like, okay, well, I'm in the flats. So is my defender that's caught in both times. One time it was Mafe, the other time it was um, Draymond Jones, a deep de tackle at the end. So that's foreign territory for those guys. And it's not something <laughs> – we don't work on scramble drills. You know that with DNs and coverage. It right. was the perfect storm. And so I think – I know Clint Hurt's going to go back to John Boyd and say, hey, fellas, like if you got a guy out there, I don't care about the quarterback because both of their antennas were up like, all right, oh, I'm going to go get this guy. It's like, no, you're in coverage. <laughs> so mm. so it, it'll get cleaned up. and But it was – Man, I, it was maddening. I know Clint. Clint's not happy about it because it was this. It was the same pressure, just different guys going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, you know, the, again, this game gets kind of weird because you have a team that's coming off a really, you know, promising win um, where, you know, obviously Washington, that game that you could look at, like, yeah, they should have blown them out or whatever, but it's hard to win the NFL. And, you know, they come away with a win. And, I mean, it comes down to the wire as well. So, you know, you have that momentum going into this, but the Rams are coming off a bye. So they're feeling fresh, and it's kind of like, you know, it, it's really interesting because we have no idea what to expect, honestly, from this Rams team. I mean, they've been in every single game. And then, you know, after the Steelers game, it seemed to somewhat unravel a little bit. You know, the the Dallas game, the score doesn't really indicate what that game truly was, but it did get away from them. Um, Stafford getting hurt really killed that. Uh, so, you know, he's going to play. So so that's the thing is he's, he's healthy. He's going to play. Um you know, he, he, he's throwing the football. Well, he's gripping it. Well, um, Rob Havenstein's I mean, back. Thankfully. Yeah. Havenstein's back. Ernest Jones is back. Um, so I know I'm missing another Bobby Brown's back. Hunter next Long's week. back next uh, week. I run it back. He's, he's back next week. Uh, Kyra yeah. Williams. Oh, wow. you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll just miss Kyrie and you'll be lucky that you did because sure. yeah, the good. way he was playing, I mean, I, I feel bad for Cardinals fans because they're like, wait, the last game he had was 158 yards on the ground. So then he gets hurt. And now he'll be back for the Cardinals game for next week. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, kind of, you know, looking from, you know, on the other sideline, if you will, uh, what are your keys to victory for, for the Rams? Like if they're trying to win this game, how can they beat this Seahawks team? like they did, you know, earlier in the year. Honestly, Stafford just has to be healthy. He is the engine to that machine. I mean, it, it is a drastic drop-off, and, you know, no offense to anybody, but just <laughs> he has a mastery of the system and I, and what Sean McVay wants to do. And he can get you in and out of the bad plays. Um, I think going on the road, is, I mean, or you guys are home, but it's just it's tough, right? Like no matter who who's if, if you're not the guy getting the majority of those snaps. So like like Stafford could just roll at this point in his career, he could just walk into any game plan and say, All right, I know what you want to get done. Mm-hmm. Other guys can't do that. You're gonna have to have a couple weeks. So hopefully your backup was getting two weeks of preparation <laughs> while, while Stafford was healing up. But I, it's just a totally different like you know, Puka and Cup aren't seeing the ball the way they usually do. And like that's mm-hmm. Those are those are two of your best playmakers, and if your running backs are out, they need to get twenty targets apiece. Like it's just, what else are you gonna do? And then the little guy, I like the little guy, uh, Atwell. Yeah, well, yeah. they got a target Atwell. I mean, every every game, it's like he has a nice explosive, a catch or two. It's like the problem is Lofa. Just from watching the film, it just seems like Cooper Cup has kind of drastically shifted what they were trying to accomplish early in the season without him. And it's not that, you know, Cooper Cup is holding them back, but no. I think Cooper Cup is, is you know, really holding Sean McVay back because Sean McVay is so set in his ways on trying to get Cooper Cup, you know, the 1A guy, and he's basically using 2-2 as the clear out. So Atwell doesn't really get the ball, you know, right. and I think when you have that, it's so easy to key in on, you know, him and, and Puka. And I think that's really what's happening because if you can stop the run, which we saw, you know, in the the Packers game, obviously that was different because Rippon, no one was buying Rippon throwing the football, but you saw it in the Cowboys game. You know, the Cowboys were doing a nice job. I think the last three games are averaging 70 rushing yards uh, given up a game. If you can't run the ball and then teams know you're only throwing to two receivers, it's, it it becomes really, and, and on top of that, a big issue has been, I know Stafford doesn't like the play action, which is frustrating because 
Sean McVay's best offense was when Jared Goff was using that play action. Like that, that was his best offense, 32 points per game. But Stafford doesn't like the play action. So he wants to be in the shotgun, play that backyard football style. But the, the problem is, is that when you, when you're playing that and you're, you're going empty set on third down in three, you know, now if you get a rush, Stafford's got to turn into Mike Vick really quickly, doesn't he, you know, to get that first down. So I think that's really been the issue. Lofa is like, from what I've seen is there's not enough check down opportunities. Um, it's, it's very predictable now. And, and I think the hope is for, for Rams fans out there is that Sean McVay was able to kind of digest everything over the bye and see the different mistakes he's made uh, in the play calling because they got all the talent in the world on the offensive side of the football. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. So, yeah. you know, I think obviously they're missing big uh, 77, big wit, but yeah. still a lot of talent and just I, not enough, you know, to show for it. I just think there's creative ways to get two to the ball. I mean, totally not, agree. Just, not just a reverse, but quick screens. You, you, him in space is a nightmare. Like absolutely that speed. <laughs> you don't want to mess with that speed. That was, I think that was the best game of his career, uh, week one against the Seahawks. And to me, that that speaks volumes to Tutu. Um, now, yeah. I have to make mention, Witherspoon didn't play that game. And, yeah. you know, I think that's an important thing to put out there because, you know, now he's one of the best corners right now in football. So yeah. that kind of changes your game plan a little bit. But no, I, I really think it has to go full circle and they have to come back to using 2-2 Atwell because the way they used him in that game allowed them to kind of take over. And keep in mind, in that one, they didn't have a run game. Seattle did such a great job at just stopping the run. I mean, they were like, you're not doing anything. I mean, Cam Akers, the only game he played for the Rams this year before he was you know traded, 1.9 yards per carry in that game. I mean, yeah. he carried the ball 21 times. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, well, maybe that's why Stafford doesn't like play action. He doesn't have any running backs anymore. <laughs> eh, I think he does. He doesn't want his back turned to the defense. Uh, that that that's where all the big plays are made. You know? I know. Because if you just get one undisciplined read out of the second level, which is linebacker or the rolled up safety, that is ten to twelve yards wide open. And um, so that that surprises me that he doesn't he doesn't love that. I love him to death but I'm going to call him stubborn Stafford because that, I mean, that's, that's what he is. He doesn't want to play outside of that. He will. I mean, they'll still use play action every now and then, but man, you, you see the way, you know, Sean McVay was able to get all of that out of golf in his first two years in LA. And you're like, well, first two out of three years in LA. And you see, I mean, a lot of it was play action. The usage of play action led the league by a mile and now they don't use it as much. So mm-hmm. You know, really. Okay. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. But um, you know, kind of you know, wrapping this thing up. Uh, score predictions. I, I gotta assume you're going with Seattle, but uh, what's going to be the score? Of course, I'm going with Seattle. Uh, we got we got things going on offense. Uh, we got to shore some things up on defense. Really, it was two broken plays, and then you know they were fishing in the red zone on us, but. I think we take care of business this week. You know, I think we do rely on that run. Walker, you know, this is one of the games where, you know, he got 19 carries last game and then also a check down that went to the house. So more more part of the game plan this uh, this time around. I got Seahawks 20, 
seven, and Rams twenty. <laughs> I'm only giving yeah, you two uh, because Stafford's playing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Rams. I'm gonna go opposite side here. Rams twenty-seven, Seahawks twenty-four. Um, and the reason why we're gonna get that done here, Lofa and Jake. Um, we're gonna protect the football, Lofa. Right? How with the spoons been playing? We need to protect the football. I think that's really important. With Stafford getting back in that thumb, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be key. Yeah. We gotta stop the run, right? Kenneth Walker went off, and I know we got Zach Charbonnet back there, so we gotta stop the run. Our DBs have to tackle. Uh, Lofa, they have to tackle. I think that's extremely important. And I think third on this one is we have to run the ball, right? We have to figure out how to run the ball. Jake just mentioned it. We couldn't run it the first game. So this game, we're going to have to figure that out. Thankfully, we have Cooper Cup, Puka Nakula, and Tutu Atwell ready to roll. So I think that's going to be extremely important. And hopefully we can take advantage of some of that th those issues on the discipline side for the defense, right? Lofa, we saw it last week. Um, we talked about the D coordinator is going to be talking about that this week during practice. So I hope that the Rams are going to take advantage of that. I think that's going to be really, really important to see and test that uh, the discipline of the Seahawks defense. Yeah. I'm going to take the Rams uh, 31, 28. I think it's, it's about time we get one of those like fun back and forth, you know, shootout games. Like we, we had, I, I think the one that comes to mind, Nick Foles uh, in St. Louis, uh, that that's definitely one that comes to mind for me. Uh, that game was so bizarre, but um, no, I guess 3128. I, I think Sean McVay, you know, coming out of the bye is going to be like Sean McVay going into week one. I, I'm just not going to bet against Sean McVay coming off a bye, uh, you know, having Matthew Stafford healthy, getting Ernest Jones back, getting Rob Havenstein back. The way they lost to the Packers when they, I, I mean, that game is going to sting because they would have won with Lofa at quarterback, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you. And so, you know. <laughs> Can you throw? Can you throw? <laughs> I got a great. I would hey, just want real quick for your listeners. I was a quarterback in high school, and my only Division One offers were to play quarterback. Well, there you I go. So I was, I was, I was serious. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. So, um, so yeah, I think you know, you go into the bye coming off that loss. I still don't think Sean McVay processed that Steelers loss. Uh, I mean, some of the yeah, you know, so I think, I think some of that went into the buy, you're able to regroup, recuperate, and then you're able to go over, dissect the film. What did I do wrong? What did I do? Right. Build upon it. And I think, uh, you know, the Rams are going to come in this one and who knows how the rest of the season goes, but I really do think I'm going to say, uh, you know, the words that Andrew Siciliano earlier in the season, I'm not a bit, uh, I'm not betting against Sean McVay in week one, uh, you know, but I'm also, I'm not betting against him coming off a bye and especially against a division rival who he knows and uh, now they're, they're not fully healthy. Like if they had Kyron Williams, I'd feel really good about this game. And I they're pretty healthy. Yeah. And I wouldn't because that balance <laughs> attack is everything, man. No, it yeah. it really is. So, and also, I want to add here too, really quick, Jake and and, Lo, and Lofa, just also the the playoffs, right? We got to think about the playoffs coming up. I know it's halfway through the season, but pretty soon here we're going to get be talking about the playoffs and what does that look like? I know the 49ers are first in the division, Seahawks are second, but this game is a divisional game, and so this win's going to be really important for for the Seahawks. So, the Rams are going to have to stop that, right? And we think about it from the Rams side, but from the Seahawks side. You got to win this game so you can make the playoffs and figure out what that looks like later on. So, uh, Lofa, any any last thoughts on, on the playoffs and what that looks like for the Seahawks? Because you guys are rolling. Man, we got a tough stretch of games coming up. You know, you guys, oh, original. Brutal. I mean, you guys Murder's beat us last row. time on our own turf. Yeah, exactly. 
I just saw it. It was like the Rams, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles. Like, that's insane. Right. Uh, That is brutal. We'll be battle-tested should we make the playoffs, fellas. But um, this goes a long way in determining, you know, uh, your guys' playoff hopes because you're still alive. And then our our future, you know, because we got those those tough matchups coming up. So, um, you know. We got to split with you guys. You guys got us, you know, on our turf. We got to get you on your turf. I'll, I'll say this right now. Uh, this is so desperate, uh, so imperative for the Rams to win this game. If they want to be in the playoffs. Uh, there's only one team in the history of the NFL that started three and seven and has made the playoffs. And that happened in 2020 with the Washington football team. Oh, wow. That's it. It's only one team. I don't think it's going to be the Rams <laughs> joining that list. Uh, if they lose this one. So, and they almost beat uh, the Bucks, the, the the Super Bowl champs that year with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that was that team. <laughs> yeah, man that 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 division was terrible. But <laughs> but no, uh, you know this is uh, this is do or die. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm trying not to say must win. I feel like that's the most corny thing and so cliche. Uh, but you you know what I mean. It it definitely. Yeah. It, it all comes down to this for the Rams. I think the Seahawks, if they lose this, it, it's not ideal with the next you know bunch of games coming up, but it doesn't cripple them. This ends the Rams. So I think Seattle also has that knowing like they can just throw the knockout punch against a rival at home on their turf. Something to let's think about. Hope, let's hope they do. <laughs> come on, Lofa. <laughs> hey, my battery might die. So if I just, you know, shut off. No, I'm no, okay. you're no no you're 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 good but uh that's gonna do it i appreciate you guys uh tuning in i'm jake ellenbogen he is cam lynch and he of course our guest is lofa tatupu and uh we'll see you guys in the next one later folks take care peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.